Welcome to the Be In The Room podcast, where we celebrate women of action who rebel against the status quo and create their own version of success. I am your host, Ryan Dowdy, and let me tell you, I have been told countless times that I am too much, too loud, too opinionated, and was constantly encouraged to stay small to fit in. On this podcast, we celebrate living out loud, the art of reinvention, and being unapologetic in your quest for joy and happiness. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to the Be In The Room podcast. And today's topic is reinvention. Reinvention. What is that? What does that mean? Why is it a core value of what we believe at Be In The Room? So there's been a lot of talk, obviously, since the onset of COVID in 2020 of like, pivot, 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 pivot. And at first, when people were like, what are you doing? What's going on? What's with the changes that you're making? I wanted to call it a pivot. But what I really thought about the definition of pivot versus reinvention, this is this is not a pivot, right? A pivot, I'm a former basketball player. A pivot is like, you know, you keep one foot down and you move, but your, your foot's still in the same place, right? When we pivot, we leave our foot in the same place. Reinvention means that one foot, to me it means that one foot is not in the same place, right? That that foot can move and I can go literally somewhere else and be somebody else, do something else, be something entirely new, become an entirely new human or version of myself if I want to, and that that is okay. And the reason why reinvention is such an important part of our belief system and what we're building with Be In The Room is that the narrative that we get from society, that we get from the world, is that reinvention is bad, right? You've maybe heard of things like being a job hopper or somebody being flaky or inconsistent or they can't make a decision. And so every time you want to make a change or you want to do something different or you want to reiterate, we're programmed to believe that that is bad. And what will people think? And people will think that I'm not reliable and they'll think that, you know, whatever it is that we think that they're going to think of us. And the most realistic example that I can think of is is the job market. So kind of my story, you know, I started my sales career back in 2005. And, you know, on average, I got a new job probably every 18 to 24 months. And I was told several times to be careful. Be careful. You don't want to be seen as a job hopper. You don't want to be seen as flaky. You don't want to be seen as unreliable. And it caused me a lot of internal anguish over, oh my gosh, what are people going to think of me? Even though every 18 to 24 months, every time I changed my job, I was trading up. I was making more money. I was getting more responsibility. I was learning new things. I was working for a better company. I was literally climbing the ladder, which is also what society tells us to do, right? But apparently I wasn't climbing it correctly because I was moving too fast. And it wasn't moving within one company and just climbing a ladder in one company. I was, I was kind of leveraging one company off of another. And I'll be honest, it was not intentional. It was not something I was strategically doing. I just, when, you know, my connection, I, I grew up in sales. And when my connection to the product and service I was selling was gone, it was gone. And I could not sell something that I was not connected to. And oftentimes that connection was lost because of management. Sometimes that connection was lost because of product changes. Sometimes that connection was lost just because personally, I just wasn't feeling it anymore, right? But I, I remember every time I made this change going through literally months of like anguish and stress and frustration because if I wanted a job change and I put it out there either to my network or started applying to jobs, what were people going to think of me, right? And so, and and I see this in the business world and and I want to be clear because in in some of my previous brands, when I was focused specifically on business coaching and focused specifically on, you know, sales and business strategy, I often tell people that they have to stick to something. Like you need to pick something and stick to it. So you're like, Ryan, which one is it? Do I pick something and stick to it? Or do I reinvent myself whenever the hell I want to? And I want to talk about what, to me, the, the difference between those two things is, right? 
because oftentimes, especially in my first business, I was working primarily with brand new business owners. And when you're brand new to business, oftentimes the changes and the reinvention, to use that word that people were making, were not being made because of their hearts or their intuition or living in their truth or becoming the best version of themselves or just finding that something was making them really unhappy or just wasn't fulfilling to them in some way. Those changes were being made because, well, maybe if I make this change, it will be easier. If I go from being a general and virtual assistant to a social media manager, it will be easier to get clients. Or if I go from being a done for you service provider or a copywriter and then switch to business coaching, it will be easier to get clients. Or people would say, you know, they'd start in maybe life coaching or something in the business to consumer space. And they would be like, oh, well, if I were in the business to business space, it would be easier. So the changes that they were making in their businesses were often changes that were made because of this false narrative that if I do something different, it will be easier. And I will say that I do not believe in that version of of reinvention. I don't believe that that's reinvention. I think that's looking for an easy button, right? So this whole idea of making changes because you're looking for an easy button, to me, feels very different than this concept of reinvention, which means where I'm at and what I'm doing is not fulfilling. It's not in alignment. I'm not living my truth. I'm not using the gifts that God gave me. That is what, to me, reinvention made, or maybe I'm not using all of the gifts God gave me, or maybe I'm finding new gifts that God gave me, and I want to use them in a different way. So for me, this this period of reinvention has really been about not so much making this, this giant change. I haven't lost all of my skills and my love for sales and my love for business. Those things have not gone away. I have just realized that I have additional gifts that I wasn't using. I have additional desires in my heart that I wasn't chasing or I wasn't pursuing or I wasn't honoring. And that to me is what really reinvention is about. So, I mean, yes, if you do want to totally change industries or totally change career paths or totally do something different, I think you're entitled to do that. But for me, this specific reinvention wasn't necessarily about leaving behind all of the other things that I've done or all of the other accomplishments that I have made and all these other things. It was about how can I honor my truth? How can I honor you know, the the gifts that God gave me in the best way possible? So for me, what that meant simply was tapping, you know, tapping the brakes, pushing pause on sales and business and really focusing on supporting women, women in general, right? Women in different phases of business and different phases of their careers and different phases of life and supporting those women and not necessarily in a space where I'm the guru teaching them business skills or teaching them sales skills, but rather I am just the facilitator of a community and that my gift is to attract and find and build relationships with really incredible women and bringing those women together because again, the whole of the group is better than the individual, right? So that's really what this reinvention has been for me. But I think what when I say reinvention, people are like, oh, so so sales and business isn't your jam anymore. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I, I can't I can't turn that part of me off, right? Like I've, I've spent years honing these skills. I think some of it is innate, some of it is learned and, and I'm not turning those things off. I'm just tapping into other gifts, other opportunities, other insights, other things that I have been shown and really feel like God is calling me to do. And the reason that I'm, I'm digging down into this so much is because like I said, it comes back to this judgment idea of what are people going to think when I change and and or make a change or when I, you know, go in a totally different direction or people are so used to me feeling this way or showing up this way or doing this thing or teaching on this topic or showing up this way in the office or showing up this way in our business and online. And can I really just flip a switch and go in a different direction? And to me, the answer to that question is yes, of course you can. Of course you can. And you should, if you feel called to do it, right? For me, reinvention is about what are the reasons that you are making the change, not so much, you know, just change for change sake, right? So for me, 
the reinvention is really about how do I become this version of me that I am being called to be? How do I use all of the gifts? And do I feel like I have all of the answers? The answer is no. But do I feel like every single day that I put one foot in front of the other in honoring my gifts, honoring my intuition, honoring the things around me, you know, am am I moving forward? And I I just also want to say, am I uncomfortable? Oh my gosh, yes. I am so uncomfortable. Even recording this right now, I'm thinking like, this is wild. Like, am I really honestly having a conversation about gifts and intuition and all these other things? Because for so many years, the conversations I were having about sales and business and money and climbing the ladder and da 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 And so it feels really different and it feels really uncomfortable. So this idea that like, just because you're following your gifts or you're, you know, you're following your heart or you're living in your truth, like there is discomfort in that, but the rewards are so much greater, right? What I have found in this reinvention is that the rewards are so much greater. Things feel so much lighter, even when they're not going the way that I want them to, or even when I miss hitting a goal, or even when, you know, somebody misunderstands me, it just feels so much easier because I am really, truly living in this, in this truth. But back to the idea of like, oh my God, what are people going to think? And I'm going to tell you, people are going to judge you. People are going to have a problem with it. People aren't going to like it. You know, as a society, we, we don't like change a lot, right? Change is not something that we talk about a lot that, that people really appreciate. And so I just tell you this because your fear is that people are going to judge you. And, and truth of the matter is, my friend, they're judging you anyway, right? They're judging you for what you're doing now. They're going to judge the next version of you as humans, as a species, like we are judgmental people. You just have to decide, am I going to stay where I am right now because of judgment? Am I going to stay right now because somebody else has an opinion on it? Or am I going to become this next version of myself, whatever that looks like for you and really live in my power and feel good about me? right? One of the things that I've learned in the work that I've done in the past, I don't know, six months to a year is that judgment is a, is a pain point for me, I guess. Judgment is like, I'm super judgmental of myself and I'm also very judgmental of others. And I've learned to really study that judgment, study that, that fear of judgment, study my own judgments, the judgments of myself to really figure out like what's, what's holding me back. And again, am I a hundred percent perfect at it? Have I totally mastered this? Am I 1000% out of my comfort zone? Yes, of course I am. And I've not mastered these things, but I realized that the more that I start to look at what are what are the judgments I'm afraid of, what are what's the worst thing that can happen, and then once I can really take a look at those things and decide, okay, if the worst thing that happens is X, am I okay with staying stuck, staying stagnant, staying where I am right now, or do I want you know what, what's best for me? So when we talk about reinvention, it's this idea of if you have a you're a high achiever. I know you're a high achiever because you're listening to this podcast. If you are in this season of I've done everything in life that I am supposed to do that society had told me I should do. I've climbed the ladder. I've done the things you know on paper on social media from the outside looking in. I should, and I'm using air quotes because should is also you know made up. I should be happy, and I am not then maybe that's what means like that's means it's time to look inside it's time to think about this reinvention of yourself and you know that that's really scary for some people and i i don't know about you but for me when i when I realized that I, I wasn't happy once I had, and, and I don't know, happy, I'm using happy, like fulfillment was more my thing. I was never unhappy. I was never miserable. Uh, you know, I had a, a great job and a great home and a great husband and great kids and great family. And like I said, on paper, I should have, I should have been over the moon. I should have been elated. I should have been ecstatic. I should have been living my best life. And that feeling of fulfillment, that internal feeling of fulfillment, I just wasn't getting from, from the, the external pieces. And, and honestly, we can't get fulfillment from external pieces, but I find that fulfillment. And, and I've studied and I've grown to understand that fulfillment really comes from honoring your truth, doing the things that fill you up, using the gifts that you have. And so many of us are quieting our gifts, 
dimming our lives, ignoring the, the nudges and the opportunities and the things. And we live in these places where we look around on the internet and we're like, gosh, I wish I could be as bold as that woman. Or gosh, I wish that I could, I could do that. I, I wish I could leave my job and do this thing. I wish I could be somebody entirely different. I wish that I could totally, you know, have the nerve to just take the bull by the horns and make the choices. And to me, my friend, that, that is, those are the nudges that I personally had when it was time for reinvention, when it was time for me to look, cause I, I had all the things, even in my life, pre-entrepreneurship and even as an entrepreneur, both of the businesses that I had previously as a business coach, as a sales coach, as a sales trainer were successful, right? Was it butterflies and daisies and perfection? Absolutely not. But on paper, the businesses were successful. And I still kept feeling this thing, this inner thing, this nudge. I was feeling a lot of resistance. Again, I didn't have that feeling of fulfillment. I found myself feeling resentful of the work that I had to do. And that wasn't how I wanted to show up. And that's not how I want to show up for my clients. And that's not how I want to serve. And I certainly don't want to charge people money for something that I was feeling resentful about. And what's really exciting about the whole thing is once I admitted to myself, what was really going on, which meant I just was no longer in alignment with those goals that I had set with myself previously, that those things were not going to give me the fulfillment that I was looking for. All of that resentment went away. And so I'm actually having more fun now doing fulfillment for my previous programs, more fun now brainstorming sales and business and marketing ideas, because I took away the identity of this is who I am. This is what I should be doing. This should make me happy. And I took away the need for that thing to make me happy. And I and now I'm happy to do it. And Again, I know that I'm kind of talking in circles a little bit and I'm being very open and vulnerable and sharing this with you because I'm on the beginning of this journey, right? There's some people and I don't know about you, there's some people that you you meet and you're like, oh my gosh, this person is fully enlightened, this person is fully awake, this person is fully living in their truth and their power. That's incredible. And what I'm really doing for you now is giving you the journey to getting there. Like, do I consider myself fully enlightened? No. Do I consider myself fully awake um, is the term that, you know, the spiritual awakening that people talk about, not necessarily, but I am on the journey and I'm sharing that journey with you because again, I think we see beginners and we see advanced and we don't see anything in the middle. And my friend, I am in the middle, right? Like I'm walking the path and putting one foot in front of the other. And I, I'm sharing the things that I learned with you. But the reason why we're so passionate about reinvention and we're so passionate about this idea uh, of doing what makes you happy is because so often, so many of us, even the, the careers that we have and the jobs that we have and the things that we do and the, the areas that we live and the homes that we live in and the people that we married and the people that we hang out with and, you know, how we interact with our families are so often programming. There's so often things that we were told to do, not choices that we made. I will never forget this. This just popped into my head. I, I had a boyfriend in college and in retrospect, huh. um, <laughs> in retrospect, I don't know what was wrong with that guy. He was, you know, 10 years older than me. And I thought it was so cool. I was like, I don't know, 19 or 20. And, you know, he was older and he had a real job and he wasn't in college and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, I, I was having some trouble with my roommates and we just weren't getting along. And he's like, well, how did you meet these women? And I was like, oh, well, they were, we all lived on the same floor together freshman year. And he goes, oh, so these are not friends that you chose. These are friends that were chosen for you. And at first I was like, no, 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 no. They're my friends. I, I love them. We have, we're friends. And he was like, I'm not saying you're not friends, but if you had to pick that friend, is that the friend that you would pick? Is that your person? Is there a relationship alignment? I mean, and again, he didn't use these words, but ultimately that's what he was asking me. Like, are you even in a like alignment with these people? Are these even your people? Are these the people that you would have chosen as your friends? And Again, at that time, you know, 20 year old me was like, yes, of course, obviously, because what was my identity without these friends that had been my friends since I, you know, left home and moved into the dorms and all these other things. 
But basically what he was asking me was like, are these the people that you would have chosen for yourself? So when you look around and you look at what's happening in your life and you think, are these choices I made? Are these things that I want for myself? And if the answer is no, that's okay, right? Sometimes, I, I don't know about you, I was devastated. When the answer was no, I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? What have I got? What, what have I done? You know, I was like 34 years old the first time I had this realization. And I was like, what do I have to do? And of course, as a type A, high D, you know, Enneagram 3, I was like, I got to fix it. I got to fix it. And sometimes it's not the answer, right? Sometimes the answer is to sit in the, sit in the knowing, to sit in the awareness of it and then see what opportunities, you know, start listening to yourself, to those nudges, to those ideas, to the, to the random, you know, the random DM, the random email, the, the connection, the introduction, that nudge, that person who keeps showing up in your Facebook newsfeed over and over and over again, right? Just start really looking for those things, being more open to it. So when we talk about reinvention, it's this idea of reinventing yourself in a, a fully aware way that, that, that I'm making the choices. Like I am making choices for me. I am making choices because they are in alignment for me. I'm making choices because they make me happy. I'm making choices because they help me hit my goals. Not I'm making choices because somebody else said I should, or I'm making choices because I think that this is going to make me the most money, or I'm making choices because I feel like I am terrified to make a different choice. You know, that's when it's really time to start looking for reinvention is when you feel like a lot of the choices that you, you've you made and a lot of the situations you find yourself in are not situations that with the information you have now, you would have made. And that is really why we say that that reinvention is such a big part of what we believe in being in the room is because oftentimes the more information that we have, the more aware we become of the choices that we have and the programming that we learned our entire lives, the more we're like, no, 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 these actually were not my choices. These are not the circumstances I would have chosen. And then we go to work trying to figure out how to change those. And like I said, if it was easy and butterflies and rainbows and all those other things, my friend, I would tell you, but it's not, you know, um, right now it's for me anyway, it's uncomfortable, you know, it really pulling apart all of your beliefs, really pulling apart all of the decisions that you've made, really trying to develop a plan that's completely different from anything that you've ever done in the past. Those things are not easy, especially for high achievers, especially for, you know, really confident, strong people. But um, I promise you, at least for me so far, making these choices and putting one foot in front of the other and doing the hard work and resisting the urge to default to my previous programming has been a total, total game changer. So any of this ring true for you, if any of those feelings ring true for you, then, you know, maybe it's time to start considering reinvention. And if you're not yet a member of Be In The Room and you're like, hey, I would love to be in a room full of women where reinvention is not judged and, and ridiculed and we're totally open to change and becoming the best version of ourselves, we would love to have a conversation with you. And just thank you so much for listening. We'll see you all next time. Thanks again for listening to the Be In The Room podcast. We love spending time with you every single week. If you loved this podcast, we would absolutely appreciate it. If you would go to iTunes and leave us a review and share this with another woman of action who wants to rebel against the status quo and become the best version of herself. See you next week.